1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Hey, there we are. Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. We are diving into the 1935 year when Detroit was alive with victory. Yeah, this is an incredible season, man. This is the uh, granddaddy of them all. And the things that led up to it and the people and the players and the owners and the coaches and and, and just everything that, that, that made 1935 happen. In the last couple episodes, we've been talking about Potsy. Uh, and how he took uh, the Portsmouth Spartans uh, and, and turned them around and, and made it just this amazing machine down in Portsmouth, Ohio. Exactly. And then um, the the guy from WJR, what was that cat's name again? Uh, George Richards. I work for those people. I should, right. I should know this. Yeah. George Richards uh, owned JR and he bought the Lions. Yes. And brought There's them There's a to whole the, syndicate. There's an ownership syndicate. I want to I do an episode about... Um, yeah, George Richards. The, yeah, George Richards. Yeah. I, I want to bring in like our current general manager. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If he'll be on. I don't know. Yeah, I love to, like diving deeper into it. And the other thing too or, is, is or to Mary be honest Brenner, with the you, owner of the station. And the, to be honest with you, you know, my 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 uh you know, my in-depth, you know, my dive into George Richards really, I mean, there's not that much stuff out there sure. about him. And so if anybody, if there is anybody at WJR that maybe has access to the archives, right, there might be some really, really cool stuff down there. If we really only cool. knew someone that worked there yeah there you go that's what i'm saying i got a key that's card why, brother yeah. let's go that's what i'm saying let's just let's do a broad a podcast from the there isn't archives. there isn't crap man there isn't there you'd be surprised they might be have fit they might have some it, kind of archive like some art kind of archival tapes, <sighs> tapes it, you know, and like maybe, here's the thing yeah. is after this we're gonna be talking about the city of champions yeah. party but after the party they had a whole interview with like all of the different champions there and everything like yeah. there might be some gold stuff down there that nobody has even looked at in years yeah you know, I mean, some kind of, I mean, you'd just be surprised, Who knows? Right. especially we'll, when you're looking at it with a different pair of eyes. We'll dig around. Yeah. So, but I, I want to do that. I want to, I want to talk to we'll them. Do I a wanna, shelf from there, man. We'll I just wanna, dig through there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, I want to the archive. Totally, totally yeah. in. But Potsy, uh, he was amazing because he had a, an, an amazing football career yeah, himself. He's awesome before and, this. And, and retired as a player at the end of World War One when he played with his his outfit and won that championship. American over. Expeditionary Force Championship. Yeah. yeah. And then moved into the coaching and yeah. uh, created. And I, I find that interesting because, again, I know nothing about nothing about sports. And you're like, you're yeah, the, there. The, 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 the Portsmouth Spartans. Yeah. And it's like, oh, crap. It's like Michigan State. I wonder if that is an homage to those Spartans. Uh, I don't. That I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I, I'm not sure. How long is? I, I don't want to Mi- say Michigan, no. But um, I'm curious if that's uh, if that ties in. I don't. If, it know. could. I, I don't want to say no. I mean, there's only so many team names, you know. I yeah. mean, it's like and the Spartans uh, are a legendary type of a warrior. You yeah, know, name you know, warrior. I wonder name, if exactly. that's connected though. I, there might be. I don't know. If I, only I don't we knew s- someone who did research. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you're, but you're baseball right now. You're busy. Well, I'm at, yeah, I am doing baseball with my other project. I'm, uh, I barely like make it to the show on time because it's so like, <laughs> and then I like almost have to leave early because it's, you know, because it's so like all consuming. But, um, yeah. But anyways, uh, so but, but yeah, so we're, I don't know. But um, that'd be like if you, I mean, somebody listening to the show as a Michigan State fan. Maybe they have a little bit more in depth, you know. Even a Michigan State, like where did the Spartans thing come? Why from? did they? Yeah. Why is that name? I'm I'm just curious if it if it's an homage to that, if it's tied to that at all. The the the, the legendary, the legend of the t- the Lions yeah. before they were the Lions. And yeah, the, I don't the, know the powerhouse that the Portsmouth Ohio was. Yeah, and the thing about the Spartans and the thing about the the early uh, history of the Lions is that they're they're the story of these two teams and how like you know how they came to Detroit and everything. Yeah. It is so fragmentary. There are, mm-hmm. There's a ton of different sources that talk about it, but yeah. you just get little scraps like of like of unique information. Like sure. most of them all, t- most every almost every. I mean, they all tell generally the same story because yeah. that's the story they have to tell. Yeah. But they each, but you'll see little nuggets of information that that are different from different sources, and that's kind of how what I was doing was cobbling it all together, was putting all the sort you know bringing stuff out of the Detroit Times and stuff like this. Well, Detroit and that's newspapers. what Detroit City of Champions is these trilogy yeah. of books where you've 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 parsed together yeah combine these, all. these all these these things to make them make sense yeah but that stuff I didn't find and that's what I mean yeah. like it's you know it uh, that's a you know a question that maybe even a, a Michigan State Spartan somebody that's really into the history yeah. Could, 
you know, maybe they, they we'll find that out. It. Yeah. Was well, that something? I said something because I, I do some uh, work up at Michigan State yeah. with uh, the scholastic journalism. But yeah, you give one, uh, and, you and give so one of these diehard fans a challenge. You know, I got my undergrad yeah. at U of M oh, okay. in Dearborn, yeah. and then I have my journalism certifications through state. I got my master's from Wayne State, Detroit. So I, I don't know what sweatshirt to wear. I'm I'm really yeah. con- I'm really confused. But, yeah. So I got friends on on both ends. It's uh, you know the house divided for me. Sure. Uh, <laughs> You're divided amongst your own self. You gotta I wear am. like a quilted shirt with all the different am. pieces on it. It's uh well it's just you know each one of those voices in my head gets their own sweatshirt to wear. Yeah, that's good. That's kinda... <laughs> you can rock it whatever days you know suit suit you the best. <laughs> so what so what more do we need to know about Potsy? Where do we leave off? Where are we going? Uh, well, we left off in the last show talking about the american football player yeah and so i don't know if we want to can we put that up on the screen just to show anybody that's viewing the viewing the show i didn't i didn't do my it's the, the headshot of the dutch clerk with the side angle oh yeah that that astounding photo yeah, that, that photo and it was like, like it, it ended up in 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 life or time time magazine time magazine yeah, yeah just this and it was like a candid one photo the that the guy the photo the guy snapped uh, bottom, the bottom yeah with the head to the just side this, there there yeah, you go yeah, that's the spartan one. looking yep. fella so that Oof. is so they put the like that photo is so cool. It's actually got like a name. Yeah. Like, that is called the American football player. Jeez. And like that photo, I mean, that is the, as iconic of NFL as you get. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty heterosexual and everything, but uh, <laughs> that is a good looking yeah, fella, is yeah. what I'm saying. But, anyways, yeah. So he, so, um, so yeah, so he, uh, so that photo. Was seen out comes out in the uh, Detroit Detroit News. It was again William Consul, like just an absolutely some of the basically any iconic uh, any iconic Detroit sports history photo. Tigers, Lions, yeah. um, even you know it's even a couple of Red Wings, but um, especially Tigers and Lions. Well, this is really the most iconic Lions photo. But the, some of the early really iconic with the, with the photo with Cobb sliding Ty Cobb sliding into third base. That is uh, William Consul. That iconic image. And so uh, William Council did this photo. We read in last week's show, the very tail end, uh, the, the story of how he got that photo, of how he got this. And after he took the photo yeah. and it got big, he put it in the Detroit News, and and they requ- the the readers requested, uh, you know, requested actual uh, full you know photos of it, like copies of it instead yeah. of just a newspaper image. And so it was so popular in Detroit that it got into Time Life magazine. It was seen by everyone across the country. And then William Consul, they tried, even Dutch Clark even They're said like, let's it. do a photo shoot and get a really good one. Exactly. And then when they he said, Dutch Clark even said in the last show, we read the quote, how Dutch was even saying, they, they he must have shot a hundred photos and yeah. none of them ever came out as good as that one. I love, I love that. Yeah, it, it's one first shot, that on. Un- predictable shot that's why you know and i tell my kids it's like happy accidents because i that's i teach journalism and that's part of it uh, the yearbook and the newspaper and it's it's they have to go out and capture these moments and and the beautiful thing about today with digital is like shoot 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 um you're not gonna you know you might fill up the card but you're not really gonna gonna run out um and and, because you never know when you're gonna hit that you get that you know you know you gotta you gotta be smart you gotta have your eyes open you have to yeah you gotta work at it but uh, yeah there's the photo of like the ewo Jima photo with the right. with the flag raising and that they took a bunch of photos from that too and you that mentioned one that shot time. the one shot they made a whole movie about it yeah. the flags of our fathers oh my god amazing movie yeah. yeah and they show how that photo how major you know that photo just that one photo what it the impact that it had well because that was almost staged though right no according to the legend when they took according to the legend no but the 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 because they put a flag up and they were like and then the one Officer was like, "Oh, I want that flag. Bring it down." They're like, "He's not getting this flag." Yeah, and so they put up a different one. Exactly. And the photo came when they were putting up the second. Exactly. One. And then so they took the shot, but it was like, yeah, it was like, but it wasn't necessarily like staged. Yeah. The guy just took the shot and it he wasn't nailed the it. first time it happened. No, it was, it was. That's what I'm saying. That the whole that's what's yeah. great about that movie is they sort of detail like what. Oh, happened and then that what flag. happened to those guys? And, then, and, the, and all the guys, they were all talking. You know, there was they all stories like we weren't. You know, the, the original guy. You know, did this and the other. Yeah, but, but they're like it doesn't really matter. Like that, we're trying to like keep the morale going for the war, and you guys mm-hmm. are the flag raisers in this photo. You know, that's like, an amazing. That is an amazing, and that's that's why I love about that's what pompous prick that I am. That's what I love about this show. That's what I love about your books. Yeah, and the stories that that you tell. Um, I love that. I love the, these little nuggets of history and these little sideways things that that yeah. 
that people don't know. And as you, as it unfolds, you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Seriously? No, this, but that's what I'm saying. This photo is simple as it may seem. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times, you know, that photo has been seen before. It's yeah. not, I wouldn't say it's the most well-published photo today, but then again, it's not the least unpublished either. Every once in a while it pops up and you yeah. see that photo and you go, Oh, that's cool, man. That's a great shot. But what, you, but what a lot of people don't realize is just the impact that that photo had. I'm not saying it was in the caliber of the, you know, the, the Iwo Jima flag raising sure. photo, but in its own way, it was in mm -hmm. its own way, you know, for what it did, because what it did was it was seen by everybody in Detroit, first of all. Yeah. And again, the Lions had failed. The NFL had failed to establish a team in Detroit three times prior to this in much better economic cir circumstance, the 1920s. Yeah. And then so here's the Lion, Detroit, you know, the, the Tigers go crazy in 1934. They bring in the Sportsman Spartans, change the name to the Lions because they're trying to associate with the wildly pop popular Tigers. And so, you know, all of a sudden they issue this photo and it's just an, it's just an incredible photo. Yeah. And so everybody in Detroit's like asking for reprints and, you know, actual photos of it. So that alone generates interest in the team and, it, and everybody's identifying with the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. All right. Like all the other team names that were prior to this uh, are all basically forgotten about. Now it's the Lions, Dutch Clark, the Lions, the Ty Cobb of football, you know, like the, the name Lions is becoming you know, synonymous with, you know, Detroit now has an NFL team as small as the NFL might be at this right. moment. That's their team is the Lions. The branding is what is really what emerges out of this photo. And so not only in the photo is so cool and so well received in Detroit that it's now seen now that, you know, Time Life magazine picks it up and, you know, features it in their issue, which I, I think, I think we talked about, I think it was December 28th. I got it written down, but it was December 28th, 1934 yeah. is that's the issue that it comes out in. And so it's being seen in the off seasons after the season's over. And so it becomes seen to a nation of Time Life magazine readers who are also, whether you like the, the you know, Detroit or the Lions, or whatever, you can't help but be, you know, sort of taken by that photo. Like, that is a cool photo. Yeah, hell yeah. And so you're, but now you're seeing that, like, some people across the country are seeing this and they are also identifying the, you know, the NFL with Detroit with the Lions. That, that is the branding of that. You see, it, would be, it spread the awareness of the Lions' existence to a nation of fans to, or a nation of potential fans, even if they weren't necessarily fans. Of the of the NFL, they from then on, you know, anytime they did, that was that association with the Lions, photo, Tigers, the Lions. Lions, Tigers, Detroit, exactly. Lions, Tigers. So, and that, so that, that, one, that groove is there. Yeah. So that's where so that's where we left off last week. We we're talking about that that yeah. photo, and and it's a really a good place to start because it's the you know that that photo really was a transition because it was appeared in that time life in December of 1934. After this, the the Lions had. Uh, in essence, collapsed at the end of 1934. They finished. They started off the season seven straight shutouts. Didn't give up a single point. Ten straight wins. Just just romped through everybody. The one team that the first team that did score on them, they put you know it was the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Lions romped them 40 to seven because they uh, were so mad that the team had scored their you know had scored on them and broke their streak. And so. Um, and so, anyways, and the, so the, the reason why the team let, lost at the end, they they lost to the Packers uh, three to nothing. Um, a team that they beat three to nothing earlier in the season with uh, Glenn Prosnell's uh, lead, uh, record fifty-four yard field goal, um, and uh, and then and then they lost to the Bears twice in a row at yeah. the end of the season, and so the, and so to the fans of Detroit that were all you know all of a sudden thinking that they might get a consolation prize after losing the nineteen thirty four World Series, they're like, oh, we're gonna be we, the Lions, we'll get an NFL championship, and no, they they folded at the end of the year, uh. and people are like, what happened? You know, all the Bears and Packers, who are these people? It, that's what I'm saying. Now all of a sudden you're starting to under these fans that are um becoming you know fans of this NFL team. That is the beginning of these rivalries. You know, the rivalry had already existed with the Spartan players and with, with Potsy Clark. So yeah, there was already uh, you know, the rivalry I'm gonna take you with eleven guys. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That so was already game was so on. The, yeah, so the team and Potsy had already had this rivalry that extended back with the Packers and Bears. Um, I mean, those are their top two nemesis. That's good know? drama. That makes good. Yeah, that and makes so now good. the fans are getting exposed to this yeah. to this uh, rivalry. And the thing about it is, is that rivalries are essential. Essential. I talk about it in the book. I have a whole section on it. it rivalries are often like you know, just kind of going, "Oh, rivalry is good, okay." But a rivalry brings a additional interest, even in seasons where a team is not necessarily you know playing well. It's that rivalry gr game which you know really amps up the fans and keeps people coming back. You know, even if your team is not out of you know is out of the championship picture, mm -hmm. you still have that 
game that's like we don't care about our record we care about beating this team today you know yeah um so that so that this is the beginning of those rivalries with those two teams and as we're going to talk about today that rivalry um extends you know into 35 and it's and it leads to the one of the most incredible i mean i mean i know there's a lot of stuff that i get excited about in this story but this the ending of the, like the the 1935 season we're not going to talk about exactly what happened in the 1935 championship game right you know as our, per usual because we're going to lead that to the, like a, a finale where we talk about all the championships in a row um but the the regular season what happens to the lions in 1935 and what they overcome is unbelievable all right so it, i, I mean, didn't it's see an incredible and here's story. the thing because you and i have talked a bunch about this and you're a baseball guy generally i mean you I love all the, yeah you, but you love them all. Yeah. and uh you know you when we've talked you know it's been the elevator pitch we haven't yeah. been so i have no idea what you're talking no. about how 1935 no is, one does is, that's is, what i mean like the story of this this one sets i'm so excited about doing the show and talking about this particular yeah, yeah. thing there's so many fascinating stories, but this story here, I mean, this, I mean, they're all, it's tough to say like which one is my favorite. I actually would say Gar Wood is my favorite, and that's not gonna be talked about for a while. So we're gonna leave, we will hang and wait for for down the road a little bit. But um, but this story's I mean, it's when by the time I'm done telling the story, like tell me anybody that's watching this, tell me this is not one of the best NFL football stories you've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, to call me, you know, tell me I'm wrong. You know, so um so any so anyway so we begin with this idea that the Lions uh, had had folded at the end of the season to uh, to the Bears and the the Packers at the end of the season mm-hmm. and Potsy Clark realizes that the reason why that they had lost is that he had been overutilizing his number one stars okay oh. Dutch Clark Glenn Presnell Frank Christensen Frank Christensen was one of their best um he was like their he was their best punter uh, but he was all, I mean, punting was a huge element of the game. It was field position back then. Total a lot of field position games. Okay. But a lot of their starters had been just mangled. And they were mm. by the end of the year, they were playing and they were like, they should not have been on the field. They <laughs> were walking wounded. I mean, beyond walking wounded, they were walking mangled. No concussion were, protocols. No, they are they were what wearing that is. those those leather yeah. helmets. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Protocol. They don't even know what that is back then. <laughs> so, anyways, and so he realized that his his number one stars had been badly overused. Okay. And so he needed to now fill um he needed to, you know, to bolster that starting uh starting his starting group with some uh with some new blood. Mm-hmm. With some new stars. And so so this team, keep in mind, we've already talked about this. This team had won ten uh had won ten straight games, shut out seven straight set, shut out seven straight teams. So this is a pretty good team. Right. right. This is a pretty good team. They're doing stuff. You look at the NFL record books for especially for defense, and you're gonna go through the list and see a ton of records that are just sprinkled in there. 1934 Lions, 1934 Lions, peppered all the way through the list. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, this is a pretty good team to sit there and go, oh, I got a makes major changes for yeah. this team that's a pretty gutsy move and so but he does he knows he needs to he needs to bring in a stronger reserve depth that he can rely on the on these reserve guys more so basically he can protect his his stars meaning dutch clark glenn Presnell, and these guys he can save them and keep them in his best shape as possible mm-hmm. till the end of the season and then unleash them you know in prime shape that is his plan going into 1935 all right and to facilitate go ahead so I have that image um, that you that you sent me with the map there with you the go. Z yeah. on it. It's a great way I have, to bring it in. I have right. that, and then the video that you uh, sent me, um, I have that, but uh, it's a little Why long. Why don't we save the video posse for the end, and we'll kind of give it like a little homage. To okay, posse there's like five. It's like five minutes. It's a little over five minutes. Well, long. just the first thirty seconds. Is okay, enough. I just wanted to I show just, what Potsy looks like in that leather jacket. Okay, it's just a I just I didn't know what yeah. you needed out of that, but no, I was just, I was able to. I, that's why I've been trying to pull that up and, and so, get that extracted. Well, we're for good you. for a quick second. Let me explain. So the, yeah, because um, we'll bring out the timeline. So yeah, the, no, I got That's easy as that. So, anyways, so the idea is, is that is the what Potsy does is, is he this is his brainchild mm-hmm. is he has what's in on September six he has what's called the the varsity versus freshman game. Oh, okay. So over forty eight college stars are invited to um to play against the Lions veterans. Oh, okay, yes, and they back okay. then they all played they played at Cranbrook University. That was with their practice field. Right, was. Cranbrook right. was where they practiced and lived and well, stayed. And, and because and well, and it was uh, it, its college was a little more popular than, than massively than more popular. the NFL. Yes, uh, at the time. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So and so this, there was a ton of stars that came out of there. Um, and and uh, and so the the varsity, meaning the Lions, pounded on the freshmen. I don't have the score right here. I know I have it somewhere. I was looking for it before the show. But they they beat them pretty good. I think it was like thirty five to eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they beat them pretty good. And um, but anyways, out of this varsity versus freshman game, eight players are chosen 
to become Detroit Lions oh. on the 27-man roster. Did they know that was part of the deal, or was yeah, it like absolutely. it was kind of a scouting oh, thing? Oh, yeah. They wouldn't bring these guys in unless they were trying to bring, you know, trying, trying to, to identify them. players. Yeah. That's interesting because they didn't have the combine no. back then. But what better way to have a combine? Like, think about how valuable that would be today. This is probably like one of the first combines. Yeah, it, it is. But it's, a, but it's better <laughs> yeah. than any combine that you, that's, that's, that they're really playing. Today. Oh, yeah. They're you're jumping up and how high you can yeah, hit or a you know, hundred yard dash. Imagine if today, if a team was allowed, to, to bring in college players. How do you 100-yard dash if somebody's on your heels? <laughs> exactly. How do you, really you actually to get tackle, to see yeah. how they perform against NFL players? Yeah. Like, what a better way to do a yeah, combine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a brilliant thing. And that's yeah. Potsy. Or, you know, the lead off of the episode, you know, the lead of the episode is, you know, the forgotten genius of Potsy Clark. Yeah. This is him. This is from, as far as I've seen, I've not seen any other coach that did something like this. And, the, and then going back to 31, when he had the balls and to just her 19 new guys just, on that team, just cut the number on the team yeah. and, and kept like eight or nine guys mm-hmm. and uh, just astounding. Kept eight or nine. That, yeah. He, he, he got rid of 19 guys and brought yeah. in nine. Like I think it was 19 new guys on that team. Can yeah. you imagine an NFL team today? Yeah. Eliminating, eliminating yeah. three quarters of their roster would never happen. Yeah. Exactly, it, two thirds too, of their roster. It's too radical. They'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, that's crazy. Why Uh-oh. would you get rid of these?" It's too so. Yeah, so so he, 1931, he recognized the need for a massive overhaul of this team, of that team, and then going into 1930, you know, at the end of 1934, he recognizes a team that that's what I'm trying to keep in mind. A team that won ten straight games yeah. and seven straight shutouts yeah. needs to be overhauled with eight right. new guys yeah. on a 27 man roster. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like. Like, well, that only got him to second huge. place. Exactly. He's like, we're trying to win it all, yeah. right? Like, that's not good enough. We need to yeah, overhaul yeah. this team, and he does. But one, and what's important to understand about this, in, in particular, and one of, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. I almost want to do an episode of this freshman varsity game. I just wish I had the score here. I got to dig it a little deeper, but um, because I at least want to talk about that. Because the guys coming out of this are essential, and we will talk about them in more detail later. Um, uh, but one of the essential components to understand, and we've talked about his name before, Father Lumpkin. Okay. okay. Father Lumpkin, it, it's we may have not gone too deeply into we've we've talked about how Father Lumpkin was a fan favorite. Okay. He was goes all the way back. He was the guy that Potsy threw off his team on the very first day of practice in 1931. Mm-hmm. He was a team captain. He was a fan favorite. He's one of the number one players in the team. He was a blocking back, a tough linebacker type. Um, you know, played on defense. He was that tough tackling guy that went up to, you know, faced off against the Bronco Nagurskis of the other side. Um, he was a great player. Father Lumpkin was an uh, was an excellent player. And anyways, Father Lumpkin is cut from the Detroit Lions. Oh, they cut him. Potsy cuts Father Lumpkin Jeez. to make room for one of these for one of these eight rookies. Okay, this is like the effect that this has, you know, wow. on this team that you've got. You've just lost. You know, the, this team leader, team captain. Uh, he was a he was a full so he was a fullback, he, uh, yeah. he was a running back, but he also on defense he would switch around and play middle linebacker, play linebacker. So he was a tough like tackler runner. He primarily served on offense as a blocker, and he was an excellent excellent blocker. I mean he's like lit, regarded as one of if not the best blocking back in the league. Um, and, and so anyway, so the law so Father Lumpkin is cut, and I wrote it into the screenplay. This is one of the the main arcs of the of the nineteen thirty five Lions season in the screenplay. Is you know the the way that I establish the character in the in the screenplay is I build Father Lumpkin up so big in nineteen thirty four section of the of the of the story, um, and then when you cut him like as a fa- fan watching the movie, yeah, you're like the, the way I tried to set it up was like you know a, you know you're like one of your favorite characters has just been like killed off because he's just been written out of the story you know he's been cut you know yeah that's how I wrote it in the movie because that's really what what this was what this is all about is Lumpkin gets cut so anyways. So now this team is revamped. They got these new rookies. They're heading into the season. Unfortunately, the rookies did not click with the veterans. Mm. The Potsy's plan did not go, you know, did not go according to plan. It did not work out the way that he wanted. This is, you know, go ahead. So this game wasn't part of the regular season. It's not mentioned anywhere. You'll never see. I'm, I'm about looking. It. I'm look, looking. Keep digging. Keep digging. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'll pull it up. Anything. I'll pull it up. Only for in him. this book, bro. Yeah. Okay. Only in this book. I've got all the articles here to back it up. All right. But, but other, like I say, God. I'm giving up. I'm yeah, not. I'll show you photos if you. Yeah. Want. No. I mean, no. I and, and yeah, and I'm finding stuff. Say, I want to do a whole show on it because it's a fascinating, you know, the whole concept. All right. Especially since it takes place at Cranbrook, and anybody, yeah, you know, all these people that, um, you know, that people from Detroit know Cranbrook is such a cool setting oh yeah you know and they're yeah. like this is a you know they have dormitories to college it's small yeah. as our college you know so it's cool if you think that the lions and they have actually have team photos i have a photo in the book here 
where they where they're posing in front of you know Cranbrook the, uh. the, the buildings. So, anyways, so the go so the so it did not um, it did not go according to plan at least initially. Okay, yeah. and so so I'm just kind of, that's why we we have that um, the timeline up there because that's pretty much what I'm going to read off for right now. So if you don't if you're not if you're at home and you can't see it uh, if you're listening to the podcast, don't worry about it because I'm just yeah you can it find it when on, on Facebook uh, yeah. and YouTube because what's important to understand about this timeline this is why I wanted to put it on the screen for those of you that can see it and those of you that can't we're going to read it straight off and then what's important to understand is is that the all the events of the 19th, the lions represent the fulcrum, the pivot of the entire 1935 city of champions season. Everything, even though they're the least talked about, they're the least covered. Right. Everything about their season revolves around everything that is going around in the city of champions without the lions. There would have been no city of champions season mm. because they're, because again, they were the ones that sort of the tigers wins the world, the win the world. Joe Lewis does his thing. The tigers win the world series. And it's like, they pass the baton to the lions right. who, who grasp the baton and they have it for, you know, the baton of victory, the flame, the victory flame. And they have it in their hand for, but a second before they hand it to the red wings, yeah. you see. And they, and because the, the red wings, you know, it was as they were passing it is when all of a sudden everybody, the, the new, the reporters in Detroit are saying, my God, we could win them all this year. And mm -hmm. it was the Lions moment had already passed. Yeah. You see, and it was then, then it was the Red Wings chance to get all the attention because they were the final leg of that, you know, sprint, you know, winning yeah. that championships. So that's what I'm saying. But without them, we would there would have been no uh build up to so, the Red Wings. So the, so this game so everything finding these eight it. players. Well, yeah, that's what starts it. And is, that's like yeah. I say September eighth, nineteen thirty four that happens. So going into and I'll, and I'll explain it. Anybody that can see the the, the uh, timeline on the screen can see it for themselves. But I'll go through it for like I say, especially for those that are listening uh, to the show. So September twentieth is yeah. the first game of the Lions season, and they win their first game, a uh, thirty-five to nothing. They beat the Eagles. Okay, so that's September twentieth. September twenty-first, the Detroit Tigers clinched the nineteen thirty-five pennant. Okay, so so they so straight straight off of there. So right after the right after this, they they clinched the pennant. All right, so September twenty-fourth. Um, Joe Lewis defeats Max Bayer. Okay, and we haven't mm -hmm. got to Joe Lewis yet. Right. We haven't got to Joe Lewis yet. Um, we haven't got to Joe Lewis yet. <clears throat> but um, this, when we do get to Joe Lewis, the defeat of Max Bayer is what is the signature moment of Joe Lewis's entire season. Right. All right. This is a ma this is a major event. This is such a major event that Mickey Cochran actually takes a game off. I mean, if the Tigers had just clinched the pennant, as we see here, the September twenty first, Mickey Cochran actually plays hooky. From a baseball game and sneaks off to New York to watch this Max Bayer fight. Wow. That's how big that fight was. Wow. That Mickey had left the team. <laughs> Die hard. The manager coach, main who would starting crawl through catcher. glass to win a game, <laughs> sneaks off from, from the game against Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, it's that's like, what I'm saying. Like Mickey, of all people, yeah. would never miss a could crawl through glass, let a, let a, a player score at home plate. Yeah. And he's skipping a game to go watch. So that's what I'm saying. So you have so that's you know, these are the events that are swirling around. It's sure. Joe Lewis's biggest moment in 1935. So happens. that's just flooding the papers. Yeah. So we're, we're, who cares? You know, that's a great uh, win, but the Lions yeah. are back news, right? Yeah. And so, and that's so game two, the Lions uh, tie the Chicago Cardinals 10 10. Again, okay, great. So that's game two. So game three, um, the Lions are beaten by the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm. Okay, twelve ten. And why? And why is that significant? Because guess what team Father Lumpkin signed with? <sighs> the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> Father Lumpkin goes to the Dodgers, Suck and they it. in their first loss of the season, nineteen thirty five. Keep in mind, the year before they hadn't lost. They lost a game to the eleventh game of the season. Right, they were right, down. Right, right. They're in their losing third game, game Lumpkin is on that to team. To the guy they cut. Is one? I mean, I yeah, he's yeah, he's one. You know, he helps this team, this new team, beat the Lions. Okay, yeah. and so the day after their first loss, October seventh, Tigers win their first World Series championship. Okay, the city is going nuts yeah. for the Tigers, right? You, the Lions, hey, we're still in it, guys. Yeah, yeah. Who, who cares? Ah! It is World Series. We got, we're, cut, we're cutting up the ticker yeah. tape for a parade. Yeah, no, they're in the middle. Like, they're are. rigging up machine guns in the bell towers in Detroit <laughs> to get, add extra noise to the sound. Of, literally, I mean, literally at, putting machine guns up in the uh, bell towers of, of downtown Detroit uh, to add noise to the to the festivities. Uh, and the, the, you know, the Lions are one win, one loss, and one. Yeah. exciting yeah. you know what i mean Ooh. nobody cares about yeah, that no. yeah. so as i'm saying so so uh, shortly thereafter, so game four the lions beat the boston redskins okay All great right. so the two one and one 
Game five, Lions are beaten by the Packers, thirteen oh, nine. There you go. So, the, so you see, what I'm saying. So this the is Packers. So you can see this new blood that's brought into this team yeah. is not gelling with this dude. I mean, you can just sure. tell because I mean, this is a totally different team. They're getting beat. They're tying. They're getting beat. So, so anyway, so now we go into game six. The Lions get a win, fourteen nothing over the Boston Redskins. All right. So uh, game seven, November fourth. Uh, Lions defeat the Chicago Cardinals seven six. Little squeaker. They do get they get to victory. Okay. And then so uh getting so then um this is where it, now this is where it really starts to get this is where my favorite part of the story really starts to emerge okay so game 8 November 11th the lions are beaten by the green bay packers 31 to 7 okay this is the Oof. worst loss in the history of this team as we for the fifth time or tenth time already i want to point out that the 1934 lions are not losing a game 31 to 7 no okay they're they're if they lost they were losing 3 nothing they're losing 16 to 9, maybe, but they're not going to get beat by the Packers 31 to 7. Mm. Okay. So this is the worst loss in this team's in you know in this team's history. It uh, sounds you know, like this, this team point. is going nowhere. Exactly. That's the problem. And it because so, they were they were like they were beautiful the year before and took second place. Yeah, well, exactly. They had to win, they won 10 straight games and fit and that didn't give up a point for the first seven and finished in second place. Yeah. So they had to be elite. So they're floundering here in 1935. Horribly floundering so badly that at the end of game eight after november 11th the lions are in last place oh okay the record is four three and one yeah they have a they're in last place and so facing the last so they, they only have three ga- i'm sorry four regular season games remaining okay and, and they're in last place now i want to tell you who the teams that they have to face okay <sighs> The Packers, God. who they just got beat thirty-one to seven, and they got beat earlier in the season thirteen to nine. So they've already lost twice against the Packers. The most recent victory was a blowout. So they got to face the Packers in the very next game. Ugh. Okay, then they got to face the Bears twice. Oh, okay. And so, so the Bears. And so the Bears, as we, we've talked about on the last show, they had not beaten the Bears since nineteen thirty-one. This franchise, these the Spartans or anybody, had yeah. not beaten the Bears. They lost them in the thirty-two championship game. They lost to them in the, you know the the Bears beat them in the first Thanksgiving game in nineteen thirty-four. The Bears eliminated you know beat them twice in nineteen thirty-four to knock them off, right? And so they got to face the Bears twice, once in the Thanksgiving game, yeah. right in the thirty-five Thanksgiving game, and. The final cherry on the on the on the tough to swallow cake of their final schedule, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, they got to face the Dodgers with Father Lumpkin, who have already again. beaten them in the beginning yeah. of the season. Jeez. Okay, now th- now the, 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 as with their record, a four three and one record, they they're at the point where um, they a, a loss in any of these games, yeah, and their season's over. Oh yeah, okay. And so we've already described here, we've got the rise of Joe Lewis. We've got the Tigers winning their first World Series. If the Lions finish off this season without a championship or without or with just a mediocre finish or anything like this, they're, I mean, they're, the, the, the entire future of the franchise could be over. They could be irrelevant. You see what I'm saying? There's nothing worse than a team. If you're irrelevant and nobody cares about you, yeah. you're done. Yeah. In the, and the NFL had failed three times to establish a team in the city prior to this. And that's what I'm trying to say. That's why. That's why this moment, this moment is such an incredibly pivotal time in the history of the Detroit Lions. Is if they would have just rolled over and been done with it and been like, "Yeah, we're done. You know, yeah. we're last place. Yeah. You know, we're not. We're never going to beat the Packers after blew us out. The Bears uh, and Lumpkin, who's yeah, like yeah. having a you know <laughs> satisfactory you know, like season you know, of a lifetime yeah. against our team for us cutting them. Yeah. So you know, like uh." You know, if uh, we're we're pretty much done, you know. I mean, like they talk about today, like the same old lines. You know, Ugh. this wasn't the same old lines, right? Okay, this right. was not it because the very next game, the very next game against the Packers, yeah, they come out and beat the Packers twenty to ten. Okay, all so right. Now we got us. Now we're moving, right? They got it. We just picked up a win in our very next game, right? So that's so that's uh, November seventeenth, November twenty fourth, game ten, Lions versus Bears. Okay, a tie. They don't beat them. Yeah. But a tie counts for no, no points for or yeah. against. No, 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 exactly. But I want to read you a, a it quote. Factors, it factors in differently today. Yeah, I don't even think. Yeah, they can tie, but I think it counts as like half or something. I forgot yeah, yeah. exactly how it was. But I want to read you just the first paragraph. This is coming the, from the first book. The In the appendix of the first book, I put a, a, a game summary for every Lions game um, from 1935. 
And so I want to just read you just at least the introductory pair because it, it these writers at this time were so sensational. I thought just yeah. This is Bud Shaver. On just the, the the language and the style. Yeah, yeah. Was just so different. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So the introduction. So this is um this is totally worth it. Anybody, this is a really long, really long uh, game description. Yeah. I just want to read the opening paragraph. So if anybody has the first book or wants to get like if you ever want to read this th- this article, you know, this is in the appendix. So it's not we call this stuff. reading along with Chuck. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they um so if you ever want to if you you know the appendix has got some real gems of information even though it's not part of the main body of the work so um so anyway so here so this is after that 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 tie game um with with the bears on um on what does it say so this this article came out on uh, November twenty fifth nineteen thirty five and it's written by Bud Shaver of the Detroit Times who is one of my favorite writers of all right. time okay so anyways um. So it says, uh, Detroit Lions today are nursing honorable wound stripes that come from the turmoil of bitter conflict. Potsy Clark's steel-bodied and stout-hearted men battled the rugged Chicago Bears to a 2020 tie in a free-scoring battle that gagged, stuttered, and bewildered a crowd of 14,624 at Wrigley Field yesterday afternoon. It was a game in which, uh, which spectacular passes, long runs, and discouraging penalties at critical moments were interwoven into a brutal, slashing fabric of football that often found fights raging both on and off the field at one and, at one and the same time. And so uh, here, here it is right here. So this is the final bit. Mm. So um, never in the history of pro football has a more harsh or pulverizing battle been played. Men collided as if shot from springs of steel. Several from both teams were carried off the battlefield, and most of them later returned to the sang- sanguinary struggle to help sway the fast-changing gridiron drama that the football fates decided should end in a deadlock. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pulverizing, sanguinary, like, you know just I mean? the it's, language, that's awesome, man. man. That's like, what, I mean, could you imagine a reporter writing articles like that today? No, God, that's it's just that, that's like the drama, man. That's the, yeah, and that's, <laughs> the, that's the problem. It's, it's that rich language yeah, and not afraid to use, like, no. bold, bold words that and the fates decided should end in a deadlock you know know, like never before as a Uh, gridiron drama like that's what i'm saying uh, and when you're reading it i mean is that is that editorializing you know when you read some trying to say that article that's why i said anybody that has the book that wants to read about this it's really worth it because when you're reading the article you're seeing this i mean they're like you know it just goes back and forth fights scraps i mean he's not lying oh yeah could you imagine could you imagine with an intro build like that right okay you go and you read the rest of the article like i'm going yeah it was all right i'm going to the game yeah well i'm just saying though can you imagine if you read the article you're trying to catch up on it and then the description of the art the remaining game they're like yeah you know there's there wasn't really much going you know like it was just kind of like a, a really tame you know, they, this huge buildup, yeah. and then otherwise, you know, it's just kind of a lame description or whatever. No, man, when you, the more you read that story, by the time you're reading it, you're thinking that, like, literally some kind of clash of the titans has just <laughs> taken place, <laughs> and you were not there to watch it. Right. You know what I mean? It just makes you want to go, like, my God, that was incredible. And and for me, the reader, the writer, you know, putting this stuff together later on, 80 years later, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, you know, this is so incredible. And that's what I'm saying. And, and really the reason I wanted to focus on that is because – I've read, you know, there's a ton of different articles about the games and they're not all hyped like that. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to say. And that's really what I'm trying to get at with, by focusing on this game, this particular game is that they weren't the the write-ups of these games were not all like that. Okay. There was a reason why. And when you read the article in this book that talks about that particular game, you realize and think about, think about what's going on at this moment. Okay, the lighted lions are fighting for maybe the survival of the franchise. Yeah. Okay. They've lost. They they're up. They were last place going in against the Packers. They beat the Packers, and now here they are. They got two games against the Bears, who they not beat since 1931. This is a rivalry has developed for this long. Two games. Is it really that un? You know, is it really that um impossible or implausible that this game is going to be like the culmination of just like a warfare uh. between this Lions team and the Bears? They cannot lose this game. So this is essential. So this what happened. Are, what, what, are the, what do the Bears want? The Bears want to win, too. The Bears aren't trying to have the Lions or the, this Portsmouth team that they beat you yeah. know, over yeah, and over yeah. and over again. What are these Ohio boys doing in Detroit? Well, exactly. What's but going the, on also here? the rivalry, as we described. That's yeah. why we spent a lot of time introducing the rivalry with Potsy. And, like, you know, this is George Hallis. We read a quote where he flipped Potsy off during the 1933 <laughs> championship <laughs> game. <laughs> and he tripped Ace, uh, Ace Katowski running down the field. On a, so none of, that, none of that stuff. These guys hate each other. Yeah, the coaches hate each other. The players hate each other. These guys, and this is a rivalry. The 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 Bears were you know partly responsible at least least as much as the Packers the previous year for ending the Lions 
you know, an incredible 1934 season. So what happens with the Bears so, next? Yeah. So anyway, so they so so they tie the Bears oh. 20 to 20, as we said for this game. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so that sets up the you know the game Thanksgiving. 11 Thanksgiving 1935. So this, the, so this is the second Thanksgiving game yes, ever. Yes, and the Bears had beat him in the last one in 1934. Oh. And this one, the Lions get their their revenge and oh. they beat the Bears 14 to two. Finally. Yes, and they and here's what's great is that they um and so by beating the Bears, they 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 number one they eliminated the Bears from getting to the championship. Oh. Yes, and so they returned the favor from the previous Thanksgiving right. because the Bears eliminated them on that Thanksgiving game. Right, right. And it created a mathematical chance for the Lions to get to the 1935 NFL championship. So you're saying there's a chance? Yes, <laughs> I'm saying there's a chance. But in order Where's for Jim that Carrey chance, when you need, so, so you're saying so this a chance. is what they needed to have happen. There's a few, I think there was another one or two circumstances, but I'm going to kind of introduce what did happen to, to shave off like four other possibilities. So Lions had to win their next game against the, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Bears had to beat the Chicago Cardinals. Those are like really the, that's, and that's, you know, and we're, we're going to see here. Um, those are like the, this is like the scenario that happened. And so it's a good chance of the Bears beating the Cardinals because the Bears are the Bears. But anyway, so, but the next game is the game that the Lions have to win. And it gets the Brooklyn Dodgers. Okay, mm-hmm. it's against the Brooklyn Dodgers again. We've already introduced Lumpkin is on this team. Lumpkin is you know has this now bloodlust for his former team of one of the best players in the NFL. And the, one of the reasons why that Lumpkin was cut was that um, was that supposedly like he was a great offensive player, he was a great defensive player, but he had one sort of major hole in his game, and that was his ability for uh, pass coverage. He like he would he would give up long uh, passing touchdowns every once in a while. And so, um, and so that was like really one of the weaknesses in his game. And so in an era that the pass is becoming more and more and more prevalent. In fact, one of the guys that the Lions uh, picked up <clears throat> in that uh, one of the eight rookies was a guy named Pug Vaughn, who played for the University of Tennessee, who was like a legendary passer at the University of Tennessee. Okay. And so that's sort of like, you know, even the Lions are starting to become a passing oriented team to a certain extent. So the passing game is starting to, to become huge and they have one of the, one of their liabilities, you know, that, again, that's why, you know, for that radical change to get rid of Father Lumpkin was because of his inability, you know, his, you know, that hole in his game. So I want to read to you uh, yeah. the, to the quote from the um, from the from what happened from that Brooklyn Dodgers game. <clears throat> okay, that's in this is in the, this book here, page 357. So, like, like I say, this is the fi- this is the game they got to win. If they don't win this game, it's over. You know, I mean, they've, they've come so far already beating the Packers, tying the Bears, beating the Bears, and then now this final game against the team that they've already lost against with, with their old you know, f- friend on there. So, okay, hang right on, here. Hang on, hang on. All right, go ahead. You got it? Go ahead. Okay. So Detroit Lions have, have proved their championship caliber. Apparently hopelessly out of the national professional football race a little more than two weeks ago, Patsy Clark's fine football team has closed with a rush, with, which entitles it not only to a shot at the title, but the admiration of all Detroit. The Lions exhibit much of the same savage, indomitable spirit which moved the Detroit Tigers for the past two seasons. The boys in silver and blue have the old will to win, and there is nothing more thrilling and satisfying in sport than that spirit in action. In their last two engagements at University of Detroit Stadium, the Lions easily have been the class of the pro league. There was nothing fluky about either of their victories. No football team we have seen has the versatility and competence that the Lions showed in their last two games. Detroit's 28-0 victory over the Brooklyn Dodgers yesterday was especially impressive. It was played in bitter cold on a frozen, rutted field. A tricky crosswind swept the field, blowing out of the northeast. The Lions were especially effective on attack with their off-tackle play. It is the basis of Potsy Clark's well-thought-out offense. There is nothing fancy about it on paper, but the manner in which the Lions perform it makes it a gridiron masterpiece. They simply drive a wedge between the defensive guard and tackle, splitting a path for the ball carrier. Usually the tackle and one of the backs turn the defensive guard in, the right and another the right end and another blocking back turns the defensive tackle out. The fullback keeps the defensive end off the ball carrier. The other members of the offensive line go down to block out the secondary. It is one of the simplest plays in the book, but few football teams ex- execute it with the precision and skill of the Lions. If one man fails in his assignment, the play is a flop. Yet the Lions gain on it time after time against some of the smartest and ablest football players in the country. That is how well they do their job. Not only must the play be, be perfectly timed, but the, the back's finding the hole at just the right moment, but the line must function as a unit with the same fine, t- fine, same fine timing. 
The beauty of the Lions' performance is that they play it with variations, as a violin artist might add to the beauty of a musical score with his own improvisations. As we said before, that off-tackle play is the backbone of the Lions' offense. Off it sprout the collection of spinners, reverses, and sweeps and passes, which makes the Lions one of the finest offensive teams football has ever seen. It is an offense not built around one man, as much of the Chicago Bears' offense is built around Bronco Nagurski, or the Bears' pa- or the Green Bay Packers' attack is built around the passing combination of Herber and Hudson. It is an operation of 11 men. That's why the Lions' attack is perhaps the soundest in football today. It operated yesterday just as well with Presnell and Gutowski in the backfield as it did with Dutch Clark and Bill Shepard in their places. It didn't make any difference who, the, who was in the line either. That is the ideal offense and almost the ideal football team. The Lions have something else in their offense which few teams have. So well do the members of the line coordinate that they gain as easily inside the 10-yard line as in midfield. Few teams do that. The Lions accomplish it by unusual smartness on the, in the line. The Lion linemen introduce variations so that they seldom can be said to repeat a play. Basically, it is the same play, but varied to take advantage of changes in the defense. That requires smart coaching and smart playing. The Lions did very little passing yesterday, but one pass scored a touchdown from the Lions' side of the 50-yard line. It was a typical Potsy Clark pass, one which started like a run and continued as a run until the defense was forced to commit itself, then the pass developed. Presnell was out on the left flank, right where Dutch Clark was, was to take a lateral pass and score a touchdown against the Chicago Bears last week. Gutowski started running to his right, faking a lateral to Presnell. Presnell waited until the Dodgers came streaming in to break up the play. Then he ran straight down the field, right past her old friend, Father Lumpkin. Gutowski threw a pass which carried all 45 yards through the air. Presnell caught it on the dead run about the, on about the 20-yard line, a full stride ahead of Lumpkin, and raced to the rest of the way for a touchdown. Poor old Papa Lumpkins hasn't improved in pass defense since he left the Lions, and this time he gave the Lions a touchdown instead of the Lions' opponents. Man. Yeah, so it's All a right. nice little description of that game. I, I, you know, it was, it's... So you're telling me there's a chance. so now there's more than a chance now there's more than a chance um that the uh the detroit lions have just done their bit and now they 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 listen there's a a great quote where they're basically listening on the radio um for the chicago bears results to come in and in fact the chicago bears beat um the chicago bears beat the chicago cardinals Ah. and now the lions are headed to the nfl championship game how big a difference just a matter of four weeks yeah. Just four weeks. Yeah. The Lions are in last place facing the hardest part of a schedule that perhaps they've ever faced. You know yeah. what I mean? Like literally, what else can you add to that list? <laughs> what, what else can you add to that place that in, would make insult, it more difficult? Injury? No, there's exactly. nothing. There's Packers uh, would just blown them out. Bears twice in a row on Thanksgiving. Um, and, and then their old friend, Father Lumpkin, on a Brooklyn team that had already beaten them once in the season. Yeah. And that's and it's at this moment that these eight rookies gel with these veterans it's yeah. at this moment where they finally come together and they become the machine yeah. and it and that's and that it's really at that moment that the genius of Potsy, the beauty of the think of the again the risk that he took right overhauling a team that had won 10 straight games and had seven straight shutouts he t- overhauls this team in the in the guts that it takes to do that and it coming in because he he knows that like at the end of the season I've got to have my starters fresh. Yeah. And here they are entering against Green Bay. So that's what nobody noticed. We didn't talk about this up until now. Is that is the idea that they might have only had four games left? They bet at the you know, last place, but they were going into those games with the best players they had in tip top shape, sure. which was Potsy's plan from the very beginning. That's so what I'm saying. Potsy the genius was behind Potsy this Clark. whole thing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So like. As long as they were within a shouting distance, he knew that they had to get past the Packers and Bears. He yeah. knew it. And he knew that he was not going to be able to do it unless his starters were in prime shape. Right. And so he just had to win enough to keep it close to get to the end of that season and let have Dutch and Presnell and all of his starters in per you know in great work in order. And uh and that's where, you know, like I say, the genius of Potsy really is shines is, is that last stretch. And it's one of the greatest series of games in Detroit Lions history. You know, I mean, you see what I'm saying? I, uh-huh. I like I'm hoping that I convey this um I just how incredible that this nineteen thirty-five Lions team and the you know the in, you know Potsy Clark's role in this. Um, I'm really the, you know, that was really the goal of this uh, really this four part Potsy Clark yeah. uh, series. So um, I could keep going on a little bit, um, a little, just a little bit. Uh, so, and I don't want to go too far into it. Um, 
Well, I, I got to. I want to set up a little. Um, no, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I don't want to get too far in because I well because it, it starts. We start talking about the Lions, um, uh, NFL championship, and I don't really. Uh, I will leave that. Well, I, I'll right. leave this let's, to the introduction. Uh, of the let's Red see. Wings, I'm not sure if the audio is. Let's see if the audio is going to work on this. We might wrap it up here. Yeah, with, that's right. Uh, we want to show Potsy a little bit about Potsy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the please, first 40 seconds thanks for joining us on this journey. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment wherever wherever you're uh, yeah. watching, DetroitCityOfChampions.com. And uh, let's let's look at... Uh, yeah, there, I don't think there is any audio for this, but the main thing I want to show is, it, for the viewer that's watching this, um, is just, it. I love this video because this is like a sort of you know uh, homage to Potsy because it shows Potsy in a leather jacket. This is like the coolest um, Potsy Clark video. All right, let me, is it Sharon? Yeah, it's, it's up there. So it's a silent piece. It is, yeah. I don't think there's any f audio to it, but it, this is a great video. And this, this is actually from back when they were the up, it, back when it was Portsmouth. They were the Portsmouth team. All right. Oh, there he is. Yep. So I, yeah. So um, yeah. This, yeah. There he is, right there, bottom left corner. But when he's on his knee, I don't yeah. know. You, you can see it in the first. Oh, so there. right there, there he is, right there. <laughs> That's Potsy right there, as it yeah. comes, with a leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, sort of throw one more time in there. I was like kind of talking, interfering with it. It's kind no, of, it's, it's awesome, there you go. man. Yeah, there that's, you go. That's, that's, Good looking, yeah. So he's he's kind of reviewing yep. the game with the Bears. Saying, exactly, they're going over it. Yep. Yeah. I believe this is the game. I believe this is the game that was posted by uh, 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 Sean Dunn, who's a city councilman at Portsmouth, who I got to know. Okay. Down in Portsmouth, he he went through a great personal expense to. I believe this is the one that he. There's two videos he put out. They found it in some old film canisters. Some old That's nitrite. Some really clear footage. I believe this is the footage. There's that you know. There's there are two videos that he put out. I mean, not, for I 1930, this one, whatever yeah. this is, yeah. this is really yeah. clear footage. Yeah, it's a great um. In yeah, with the, compared the, to you know, you're the thing you were sharing yeah, was all scratched up. Yeah, that, drag it behind your car for how long? Yeah, just, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, no. old film doesn't doesn't it didn't last. Yeah, in this video, I believe if you go on for anybody that's listened to this or, or seen it, this if you type into a, a YouTube search for 1931 Portsmouth Spartans, you'll see a few different videos. This is one of them. Yeah. Um, this is the Spartans at Wrigley Field against the against the Bears. I believe it. I think it said 1931 at the, yeah. the header. Yeah, yeah. But it's a great video. The, the thing I love about it especially is the very is that intro where you see Potsy like wearing this leather jacket and it's a really clear shot of him. Yeah. Um. And uh. Because he actually, from what I read, he didn't. He wasn't particularly fond of uh, getting his photo taken or <laughs> any videos. Uh, yeah. So so it was kind of rare to see him. Right. And that's why this video is so, so cool. Oh man, that's awesome. But I mentioned Sean Dunn, and he'd like to say he, uh, um, you know, great. He, you know, this great personal, you know, he he went through, uh, uh, you know, personal expense to get these videos put up. There was like some, I think it was called like a nitrite film, mm. where it was like explosive, like yeah, like if you like drag your feet on the ground with like kinetic electricity, like you're gonna explode the film, like it's that <laughs> flammable. It's so flammable, like a lot of people won't even touch it. Yeah. And he was able to find somebody that was like would work in it, and they yeah. brought that out so it's on YouTube. That's you brilliant. Know, you can see it, yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this yeah. week. Uh, Detroit City of Champions. We'll be back with more of the story next time. And thanks for being here.